and a beautiful week this week. We are going to have a beautiful week. Today, I have a beautiful teaching for you that I'll continue today and tomorrow on the tabernacle. And I'm going to show you a beautiful roadmap into the glory of God. I mean, it's going to be life-changing. I have been teaching on the tabernacle uh, at BHI, our institute, and uh, I want to just share some of the teaching with you because I really want to bless you with this. I believe that you will benefit from it as you see with your own eyes, first of all, and then by the Spirit, this amazing revelation of the Lord, Jesus himself, and the roadmap into the presence of God, into God's glory. But let's pray first. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to show us today in this beautiful teaching. Lord, I pray you'll bless your people. Reveal yourself to them through the tabernacle. Bless their life with spiritual riches in your blessed and holy name. I give you the praise. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. Now, the word of Christ is the whole Bible. From Genesis 1-1 to the last chapter in Revelation. And what the early church had is they had the old covenant. And they were so strong in the Lord, not being able to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the epistles, the book of Acts and the epistles. They found the Lord in the old covenant. How? Well, through the types, through the shadows, through the hidden revelations of the Bible. And so today we're going to see some beautiful treasures in this teaching that I know the Lord will use to bless your life. So thank you again for joining me, and please let's go to Exodus, the book of Exodus in the Old Covenant. I'm going to start reading verse 1 right through verse 9, and I'm going to show you some beautiful things in the Bible. So let's begin <clears throat> by reading together this wonderful portion. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, this is verse 1, Exodus 25. Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly. With his heart he shall take my offering. And this is the offering which he shall take of them. Gold, silver, brass. Not, now, what do they symbolize when you read gold and silver and brass well number one gold is symbolic of the lord's divinity number two silver speaks of his redemptive work redemption and number three brass speaks of his sufferings on the cross because brass always speaks of suffering and then it says in verse four and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair what do these colors and materials speak of? Well, the color blue always speaks of the Lord as the Son of God. The purple, King of Kings. The scarlet, suffering Savior. Fine linen, the perfect man. Goat's hair 
speaks of the office of a prophet. But it also speaks of sin in the Bible. And I'll explain that in just a moment. Ram skins dyed red. Now, a ram is a leading animal, a leader. So here we see the Lord as the great leader of the church. But it says dyed red, his death on the cross. Badger skins. Badger skin, uh, many believe, was eel skin. Eel skin had no beauty in it, but eel skin was very durable. And so badger skin speaks of the sufferings of the cross and how the Lord was disfigured. No beauty in him we should desire. His visage and his form marred more than any man is the badger skin. Now, shittim wood or acacia wood, wood in the word of God is symbolic of physical bodies, flesh basically, but it's also very durable. So being that it's durable flesh, it speaks of the incorruptible body of Jesus. You will not suffer your Holy One to see corruption the psalmist wrote about the Lord. So this really speaks of the resurrection of the body of the Lord. And then it says, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and sweet incense. So the oil speaks of the Holy Spirit, of course, for the light. Spices, the sweet fragrance of God, and that is the church, the saints, because we are that sweet fragrance, according to 2 Corinthians 2. And then it says, not only that, it says, onyx stones, verse 7, and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. Uh, the stone speaks of the preciousness of saints. That's in Malachi 3. So we're going to look at these one more time, but I think it's important that you first capture the beautiful meaning of all these offerings that they brought. So you have the metals, the gold, the silver, the brass. You have the cloth in the blue, the purple, the scarlet. You have the skins in the, and, and the fine linen. You have the skins in the goat's hair, the ram, badgers, and so on. Then you have the wood. And all of this is the Lord. Gold, he is God Almighty. Perfect deity. Silver, perfect redemption. Brass, perfect suffering. Blue, the Son of God in all his holiness. Purple, the King of glory. The scarlet, suffering Savior. Fine linen, perfect man sinless, goat's hair, the prophet who became sin, the prophet who took upon him our sin. Ram's skins dyed red. Can I go back to goat's hair? Because I don't like to say became sin. Yeah, I'll do it now. And goat's hair, the Lord who took upon him our sin. 
ram skins dyed red the leader the strong one a ram speaks of strength so the one who is strength yet he took upon him our weakness our sins he suffered for us that's dyed red and the badger skin the one who was so marred so disfigured more than any man and now the akissi would his body did not see corruption he rose from the dead and then the oil for the light he sent the holy spirit sweet incense oh how beautiful this one is and like i told you the sweet incense the spices the fragrance of god the church now is born and then onyx stones stones to be set in the in the ephod the church his treasure now i want to show you seven revelations in this beautiful tabernacle and i'd like you to pay attention i pray the lord will really show you a lot today uh, first the gate now the gate here speaks of introduction when when you and i meet the lord we come to him and now notice we have four colors here we have the blue we have the purple we have the scarlet and the white now these are the four gospels that uh, reveal the lord for example in matthew we see him as the king in mark the perfect man in luke the suffering savior in john the son of god these four colors are in the gate because the purple that's the king and then the perfect man that's the white matthew mark luke suffering savior scarlet and then son of god blue that's john now it's very interesting that that gate stood on four pillars why four pillars because that's the, the revelation of the lord his incarnation crucifixion resurrection ascension so the lord was revealing the father was re, was revealing the life of jesus completely and totally in the gate so not only is he the king of glory the perfect man the suffering savior the son of god but he became flesh incarnation he died on the cross he rose from the dead he ascended on high in the four pillars you go from introduction to this beautiful revelation of the lord reconciliation the work of the cross now the altar of sacrifice is the work of calvary the work of the cross and the altar <clears throat> had four horns right here you can't see them that well on this screen but this speaks of jesus dying for the whole world because four in the bible not only speaks of the offices of the lord and his revelation it also speaks of the world itself the four corners of the earth the four winds and so on and we see throughout the bible so when they applied the blood on the horns, which speak of his authority and glory and power, it speaks also that his blood was shed for the world. 
that speaks of reconciliation. You and I cannot enter into the presence of the Lord without first introduction. Coming to Jesus, meeting the Lord as the King, perfect man, Savior, Son of God. Now, you go from there to the work of the cross. So this also is a roadmap to into the presence of God in prayer. Because when you pray, you begin with coming to Jesus. Then to the cross, where you ask him to wash you with his precious blood. And then we come to the laver. Now the laver also is made of brass. So let me just point this out, that brass here is all over covered uh, uh, the wood, the acacia wood beneath so that his work is eternal with the acacia wood, and he suffered brass. And then you see the laver here. Now, the laver speaks of the word of God, also speaks of separation, sanctification. Now, amazingly, uh, God asked that this laver be made of glasses that were used by women, like mirrors, used by women. And so Moses collected all the mirrors that women used to look in, <laughs> to see themselves, to make this labor. Why? Because it speaks of God's word. The glass speaks of God's word. The mirror is God's word. In Corinthians, Paul talks about we looking into the glass are changed from glory to glory. So that speaks of separation, sanctification. So you go from introduction. Now this is also happen, happens in prayer when we, when we come to the Lord's presence. We have to first meet him in prayer. Then we come to the work of Calvary and he cleanses us again. And then we, with his blood, then we come to the word and we cannot pray without the word of God. And the word sets us apart. There we see sanctification. Now, before we go into the holy place right here and the holy of holies, I want to point out these pillars. One, two, three, four, five. These were covered with gold. They speak of the five offices of the church. They speak of the apostle. They speak of the prophet. They speak of the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. So there's five pillars here. And only through the ministries of the church can we go into the holy place. I don't believe it's possible to really know the Lord in depth without the ministry of the apostle and the prophet and the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher. Now, tomorrow I'm gonna to discuss the skins here, which is very amazing revelation, but and I'm going to discuss these poles. Why are there 60 of them and what do they mean and so on. Now, the tabernacle, which really is this right here, this is called the outer court. So the actual tabernacle is the actual tent that was covered by four skins. I'll give them to you really quickly right now. It was fine linen first with the four colors. It was goat's hair, the second color. Ram skin dyed red, the third color and then the eel skin up, up here. 
uh, <clears throat> which of course is called here badger skin. Now, when you came into the holy place, the first thing that you saw was the lampstand. And now again, you cannot enter and receive the revelations and the deeper knowledge of the Lord into the holy place or the holy of holies without first the five offices of the church. So in the outer court, in the outer court we, we come to the Lord, to the cross, to his word. Now when we enter into the holy place, we are what? Illuminated. So the lampstand speaks of illumination, revelation, truth. This is very, very beautiful. And then we go from illumination to the bread. This is called the showbread, the table of the bread of the presence with 12 loaves. They put on them incense once a week, every week they would go in and put these 12 loaves on, the priest, and would spray frankincense. Why frankincense? Because God's word brings persecution. And frankincense, amazingly, is sweet to the taste first, and then it, it is bitter as you swallow it. So the, God's word, it is sweet to our taste, but it causes persecution. That's very revealing. Now, this speaks of the Lord's body, the Lord's life. He spoke of his body as life. He said, anyone who eats me will live. And that is what? Satisfaction. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We partake of him as we walk with him, as we fellowship with him, and we become literally flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. And now we come after the satisfaction, we come to the altar of incense. The altar of incense speaks of his office as high priest. So the light of the world, the bread of life, high priest. And if you missed what I said, I'll repeat it one more time. He is the way. He's the gate. He is the sacrifice, the work of the cross. He is the word, the labor. He is the light of the world that illuminates us. He is the bread of life that satisfies us. He is the high priest. Now, in the office of, of high priest, we also have the incense that arises. What is that? Worship, adoration. Introduction, reconciliation, sanctification, illumination, satisfaction, adoration. And adoration is worship. And all these are steps into the presence of the Lord. And finally you come to the Ark of the Covenant, glorification. When literally we become totally one with the Lord. And at that moment, his presence becomes our presence. His life becomes our life. And the Christian life begins with Jesus in my heart, Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. But when we are in the Holy of Holies, it's not just Christ in me, 
It's I am in Christ. And that Paul uh, was the first one to speak of that revelation in the epistles to the church. Now, the Lord himself prayed that prayer in John 17 when he said, I in them and they in me. So the fulfillment of that prayer became reality when the church was born on the day of Pentecost. And Paul introduced to the church the revelation of I'm in Christ, life in Christ. And this is what it happens right here. It happens in the Holy of Holies. Now, very quickly, uh, this amazing roadmap is the way into the presence of God. But I want you to notice something before we leave you today. There are 48 pillars around here that hold the actual structure. There are 20 and 20, 40. There are eight right here. That's 48. Now, the Lord said, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Well, the Jewish people called the gate the way. They called the door, this was called the door. They called the truth, coming into truth, into depth. And they called the veil the life. So when the Lord Jesus said, I'm the way, truth, and life, that's why they got angry, because he was saying, I'm the way into God's presence. I'm the way in, I'm the door, the truth, I'm the veil, the life. Now, when you look at the, these, these amazing pillars, they were close to, to each other, not like this right here. They were actually attached to each other. And they were held by five poles. I don't know if you can see this, but there are poles, you know, there's only three of them you can see in this picture. But there was actually five. Four were seen, one was invisible. Went right through there. It was five poles, why? The church, the five offices of the church hold the structure together hold the structure together. So I'm going to talk about this a little more tomorrow. But I want to, you know, point out there is that invisible pole that went through the other poles to hold them together. So you had one, two, and three, and four visible. But the fifth was in the poles, invisible poles. So that is really... Uh, if you can say, an invisible ministry that people to this day don't understand. And that's the office of the apostle. So the ministry of the prophet, easily explained. The ministry of the evangelist, easily explained. The ministry of the pastor is easily explained. The ministry of the teacher is easily explained. But what is an apostle? He's that hidden uh, truth in the, in the, in the Bible. And I like to describe it as, if you look at your hand, you have five fingers. The apostle is the thumb. Then prophet. Then evangelist, pastor, teacher. The apostle is one who touches all ministries. In other words, the apostle is one who has been a prophet and evangelist and pastor, and teacher, and fulfilled all these ministries and proved himself to be a man worthy to be an, a prophet, worthy to be an evangelist, pastor, teacher, 
who fulfilled all four ministries in his lifetime. Then he qualifies to be an apostle. So today, you have a lot of people, sadly, who call themselves apostles that don't really biblically qualify to be called an apostle because they have not fulfilled the ministry of the prophet. They have not fulfilled the evangelist's office. They have not fulfilled pastor. They have not fulfilled teacher fully, fully. So, you know, that is another problem, sadly, I think, in the church today, that we don't see that ministry of the apostle like we need to. The, uh, the apostles I met would be people like Otto Roberts, Dr. Yangi Cho, and others like them, who, who actually wore all those four offices for a long time before they were re recognized as apostles. Uh, Otto Roberts, who I knew deal, uh, deeply and was very close to me, he was very dear, dear to me. Uh, he was truly a prophet of God. He was an evangelist with a great healing ministry. He was also a pastor of a small church before anybody knew him. And he was a mighty Bible teacher. That's why he built ORU. That's a real apostle. Or Pastor Yangi Cho, or you know, others like them that I've known in the past. So uh, tomorrow, join me for a little more because there's so much more I want to share with you. I pray this has been a blessing to you today because I wanted to show you the roadmap into the presence of God. And now, Join BHI because on BHI, I share so much more. I'm giving much more uh, depth and revelation. Uh, and you can join BHI by just going on our website and just joining BHI. It's $25 a month, and we're up to 4,000 students now. And I want you to be one of them. And this will be a blessing to your life so God can use you in these last days. All right, it's time to give. It's time to sow into the work of God. And by the way, join me tomorrow as I continue because there's so much more I haven't had, had the time to talk about, like the covers and much more. So you'll love just when I talk about the, these polls and what they mean, each one of them. Oh, marvelous. All right. So it's time to give and sow into the work of the Lord so God can bless you, so the Lord can sustain you financially. The world is on the verge of a war between Russia and the Ukraine that could change, no, not could, will change the map of the world as we know it. And, and I've been talking to you about this, but this could also create chaos economically in the world, but not for you, not for God's people. If we obey the Lord in giving, we are completely safe. I've not seen the righteous forsaken or the seed begging bread. So. You know, people already are worried about this. People are, are nervous about this, but not the church. We, the church, are steadfast. Great peace have they that love thy law. You know, nothing shall offend them. God's word is in us. The peace of God is in us. All is well. But giving triggers the harvest. You cannot receive the harvest without sowing seed. You know that. I'm just reminding you. So it's time to give to the Lord's work and Bless his work so God can bless you back and continue to bless you. Wonderful Lord, I thank you, Lord, as they sow seed today. You will bless them with a mighty harvest. You will increase them on every side. 
Lord, your word says, though thy beginning was small, thy latter end will greatly, greatly increase. Bless them, Lord, mightily, mightily, in Jesus' most wonderful and glorious name. Bless them financially. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. All right, you can give and sow your seed right now, and the Lord will reward you. You can sow on the platform you're watching me on, or you can go to our website, benhin.org, or you can text BHM45777. Thank you for joining me today. Be a great week. And this Friday is our beautiful healing miracle service, so please be watching. And tell your friends about tomorrow as we continue. All right, much love. I'll see you tomorrow.